Puerto Rico is in dire need of redevelopment. How can Opportunity Zones and other tax incentives help to create a more resilient Puerto Rico? Find out more next. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Opportunity Zones podcast, the weekly show where we interview Opportunity Zones professionals and experts from fund managers to tax advisors, from real estate developers to venture capitalists. If it impacts Opportunity Zones or the Opportunity Funds industry, we cover it here on the Opportunity Zones podcast. Welcome to the Opportunity Zones podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Atkinson. Today, we return once again to a discussion of Puerto Rico. As you may know, nearly the entire island of Puerto Rico is located within an opportunity zone, and it's in dire need of redevelopment in the wake of the devastation wrought by the hurricanes and the earthquakes over the past few years. Joining me today to discuss this and more is Jose Torres, who is founder and managing partner of Monior Capital and general partner and fund manager of the Puerto Rico Opportunity Zone Fund, a tax-advantaged private equity OZ fund focused on ESG investing on the island of Puerto Rico. Jose, thanks for joining me today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jimmy. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here. Uh, You joined me for OZ Pitch Day back in March earlier this year, and you presented this fund to the large viewing audience that we had live on hand. And you're back for more. We got you on the podcast now, so... Happy to uh, revisit with you and get a little more information. To start us off today, Jose, why don't you paint us a picture of what the island of Puerto Rico looks like? A lot of our listeners may have their own conceptions of Puerto Rico. There's certainly a lot of misconceptions floating around out there. Uh, Tell us what's been going on on the island the past few years uh, since the, the devastation from the from those natural disasters, the hurricanes and the earthquakes and and. And is the island rebounding? What's going on there? Maybe you can paint us a picture. Absolutely. Why don't we try a little Puerto Rico overview on Puerto Rico 101? Uh, First of all, thank you for having me here and for all you're doing to promote Opportunity Zones. Um, Puerto Rico is a commonwealth of the United States. There's about 3 million uh, U.S. citizens living on the island. Um, There's a GDP of about $100 billion. Most recently, uh, over the last few decades, the economy of Puerto Rico has been in decline. And and in 2017, after back-to-back hurricanes, uh, it created a a more vicious cycle to the economy. Puerto Rico is currently also renegotiating its debt uh, through what they call Title III, uh, which is a bankruptcy process that was specifically set up for Puerto Rico. Um, But on the positive side, Puerto Rico also has a significant amount of capital that has been um, committed by the federal government to rebuild Puerto Rico. Over $61 billion has already been committed to the island. Obviously, that's on the back of uh, over 3,000 lives that were lost to the hurricanes. About Some people were 11 months without electricity uh, and over $100 billion worth of damage. But on the bright side, right now, there is a restructuring of the electric sector in Puerto Rico. There's capital that's coming in to make a more resilient uh, Puerto Rico from an energy and water perspective. So we can turn a bad uh, of the hurricane and the uh, the economic situation in Puerto Rico and actually try to make something better. Good. And I want to discuss with you just that. I want to discuss with you what you're doing to help make Puerto Rico better and your fund in a minute. But first, I want to get a little bit of background on you, Jose. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got to where you are today, and Maybe you can give us a little bit of information on Monior Capital as well. 
Yes, so Jimmy, I'm originally from Puerto Rico. I was born here, um, but I did go stateside for high school and, and college and grad school. Um, my uh, thought was to come back to Puerto Rico and really bring my expertise of 25 years of private equity and investment banking. Um, I learned about opportunity zones uh, right when um, the legislation came out um, and have been a fan of thinking that this is a product that or a tool that could really help um, bring capital to Puerto Rico to help uh, the recovery of Puerto Rico. Um, before um, moving to Puerto Rico, I spent the last 13 years working in San Francisco uh, for a large private equity firm called Aris Management. Uh, while I was there, I was a partner focused on renewable energy, uh, energy infrastructure and midstream investments. And, and I was also covering Puerto Rico as a whole. Um, that, that really gave me the idea of moving to Puerto Rico and starting my own firm. Um, Mondure Capital Partners basically is an alternative asset management firm based here in Puerto Rico. Um, our goal is really to facilitate tax advantage investing in Puerto Rico, and our focus is investing in ESG um, assets. Um, and in particular, we're, we're looking at renewable energy, we're looking at sustainable business, and we're looking at sustainable infrastructure. So I want to talk about your fund and what you're doing with your fund, Jose, the Puerto Rico Opportunity Zone Fund. Uh, but first, I guess just to back up again and, and just ask a very basic question, why invest in Puerto Rico? Why do you invest in Puerto Rico? And why should a potential LP in your fund invest? Yes, no, that's a great question. And, and it's not just impact investing and ESG investing. It's that there's a great opportunity in Puerto Rico. I mean, Puerto Rico basically has a very well-educated labor force, um, but there is a lot of unemployment. Um, that, that does provide the benefit of lower uh, labor costs. Um, it's in a strategic location uh, in the Caribbean. Uh, we can be a great bridge between the U.S. Uh, and Europe and Europe and Latin America. There's a bilingual labor force. Um, so, you know, almost all the Puerto Ricans uh, do understand and speak Spanish and English. So you, you're in a position that you can actually also serve as a bridge, not only physically, but also from a communication standpoint to Latin America. Uh, and it's a U.S. jurisdiction. So as a U.S. jurisdiction with U.S. currency, you don't have to worry about currency or, or, or political issues um, that would happen if you go into other Caribbean islands or to Latin America in general. And there's tax incentives. There's a lot of tax incentives that are talked about, but I think the most uh, impactful from my perspective is the renewable energy um, and manufacturing tax incentives because those incentives are going to be directly enhancing the investments that we're going to be um, investing in. Um, one of the major ones is a 4% uh, income tax rate for, for those businesses. And finally, like you mentioned, um, there is a, a significant advantage of Puerto Rico from an opportunity zone perspective because over 95% or people say over 98% of the island is uh, under a qualified opportunity zone. Uh, region, uh, which really facilitates the strategy of the fund. And maybe I'll talk briefly about the strategy of the fund. We're really structured as a traditional private equity fund. Uh, and what I mean by that is we're going to be investing in a portfolio of, of companies um, rather than the traditional single asset real estate investment. 
Um, so Puerto Rico, um, because of the need of capital and uh, over 40% of the, of the GDP of Puerto Rico is in manufacturing. So one of our first investments that I'll talk about a little bit in a minute is basically a manufacturing of, of, of seaweed into value-added products. But when you look at what are the benefits of, of, of a potential private equity structure for opportunity zone, um, fund is the ability to really manage the fund for the full 10-year life cycle and reinvest capital so we can try to achieve the maximal capital gain treatment, uh, which is really the, the main benefit of opportunity zone uh, investing. Uh, after the 10-year hold period, you get a full step up in basis and can avoid any capital gain tax from that appreciation. So the strategy of having a multi-asset private equity fund versus a single asset really gives us the ability to, to achieve that. Okay, Jose, yeah, that's great. And like you said, it's not a traditional OZ fund that invests in real estate. You're really focused on business and infrastructure. Can you tell us a little bit more about your investment thesis and the strategy that underlies the fund investments? Thank you, Jimmy. And yes, our goal is to invest in a portfolio, a diversified portfolio of assets that would allow us to achieve the maximum capital appreciation over a 10-year whole period, uh, really to provide the, the investor the ability to, to get the maximum capital gains treatment, which is zero capital gains at the end of year 10. Um, our strategy is focused on investing in sustainable businesses, renewable energy, and infrastructure. And there are plenty of opportunities in Puerto Rico. And the renewable energy side, Puerto Rico is only generating about 2.3% of its generation from renewable energy. Uh, the new legislation and law mandates to get to 100% by 2050. So the amount of capital that is needed just for renewable energy it's uh, tens of billions of dollars. Currently, there's an RFP by the utility seeking about 1.5 gigawatts, which will equate to uh, at least uh, $2 billion of investment. So we hope to be part of that. At the same time, um, the manufacturing sector in Puerto Rico accounts for over 40% uh, of the GDP. And there are many reasons why there's a lot of manufacturing in Puerto Rico, including the labor, uh, the labor force and as well as some of the local tax incentives. Um, so our goal is to focus on the manufacturing second form part of, of a sustainable portfolio of companies. And finally, the infrastructure. Um, there's infrastructure from lighting to water to, to other services that can be done better in a more sustainable way. So, so our goal is to really operate in those three sectors. And there's tax incentives for a lot of these different sectors that your fund is going to be de deploying capital into. Can you tell me more about what those tax incentives are and how do they improve the investment returns on the capital that you're deploying into these sectors? Yes, Jimmy, that, that's a very good question and point. What, what I would like to do is first start with one of the complicated things about Puerto Rico. Um, they passed a new law that they put all of the tax incentives together under one umbrella which is a great idea because it is good that now you can go to one source to find the different tax incentives and how they work. It's basically referred to as Act 60. However, one of the problems is that, that there is a significant number of tax incentives that used to have a separate 
name or, or number for each one of those incentives. So a, a lot of people um, are, are focused on different ty types of incentives. What I am focusing on is renewable energy uh, and manufacturing tax incentives, among others. Uh, one of the biggest benefits that they provide, in addition to potentially providing some tax um, refunds for some of the investment that is done on those sectors, the, the renewable energy um, and the manufacturing allow for a flat 4% income tax, which means that all of that uh, free cash flow can flow through, through our investor or through our fund versus a, a traditional tax that would be back on the main line for a renewable energy deal or for a manufacturing transaction. Um, the, the other point that will also help um, from an investment thesis, Jimmy, is the need. Right, you you're actually have a need for new renewable generation. So you're not replacing um, uh, existing generation, you're replacing uh, polluting generation that actually is not compliant with the EPA standards. So again, you're both doing uh, impact investing from that perspective, but from an ESG perspective, you're also investing in renewable energy. Got it, that makes sense. Uh, so tell me some of the, portfolio companies that you're investing in, which, you know, are, are, do you have any companies that you've made capital deployment into already or any that you have an eye on in terms of these different sectors that you're deploying into, whether it's, you know, a operating business investment or an infrastructure investment or a renewable energy asset? Uh, where is the capital being deployed specifically right now? So, Jimmy, we're in the early start of our fundraising, although we have closed with one uh, initial limited partner. Uh, what we have done is we've entered into a letter of intent with C Combinator, um, which is a for-profit benefit, public benefit corporation in the U.S. And they have a subsidiary here in Puerto Rico called C Combinator Puerto Rico. That company is focused on um, basically solving the problem of, of seaweed, which is known as sargassum. And the idea is to turn that from an environmental problem uh, into an economic solution for the island and surrounding islands in the Caribbean. Um, what we have done in our strategy here at Major Capital Partner is to really have a, a deep pipeline of potential investments under which we will be doing the due diligence up front. So by the time that the fund signs an LOI, we have done our due diligence on that potential investment. The, the interesting thing about C Combinator is that it brings together all of the aspects of ESG impact investing, and we're adding the opportunity zone overlay on top of that. Um, this is a structure as a more of a traditional um, uh, project style. We're gonna be investing uh, around $8 million to fund the actual construction of a biorefinery that will process the seaweed into value-added products. Um, that investment also is gonna give us the right to continue to invest in any expansion or other businesses that Sea Combinator Puerto Rico does. Again, that's a little bit of the strategy of a private equity fund versus just a traditional single asset fund. Um, and then on the, in the second part of, of the portfolio, we're in the final stages of negotiating also another LOI, a letter of intent, to give us rights to fund a portfolio of renewable energy projects, mainly solar with battery storage for commercial and industrial use. So again, the idea is to have those two businesses as the, as the anchor investments on the fund and then be able to reinvest distributions uh, from those businesses 
into those same businesses or expansion of those businesses or potentially into a third investment as well. Got it. That makes sense. Uh, so that gives you a little bit of flexibility there. What uh, You told us a little bit about the status of the fund. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Uh, the fund is open and raising capital now. Uh, how much capital are you looking to raise? Uh, what What's the time frame looking like? And maybe you could talk about your exit strategy as well. At the end of the day, obviously, this is a capital gains tax incentive. What's your exit strategy for your LP investors so that they can take advantage of that big exclusion benefit on the back end after 10 years? Absolutely. Well, first of all, Jimmy, we've tried to create a best-in-class fund. We've partnered with top uh, partners like DLA Piper as our legal advisor for the fund, Um, NES Financial as our fund administrator. Um, That will help not only with compliance for the OC regulation, but also just general reporting and financial management um, and back office services for the fund. Uh, when we when we look at the ability to to think about an exit, the idea of a portfolio uh, of assets is what makes it attractive. Um, we could exit either each asset individually, or we can exit the portfolio. From the renewable energy, the idea of continuing to re- reinvest. Most of the deals that we're going to do will have contracts um, that are at least 15 to 20 years. Uh, so at the end of the fund life, we can still sell a, 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 the remaining cash flow streams from those projects, and that will provide a substantial um, uh, capital appreciation for two reasons. One, when we invest in this, you will have first the step up of the of the value from a construction, right? The physical cost of building the project to the value of the cash flows, which is usually two or three times the value of the actual construction cost. And that's the neat part about this because we do have long-term contracts in Puerto Rico for renewable energy. It's a good fit for a a fund that at the end of year 10 wants to actually sell those assets and create a capital appreciation event. In, in the U.S., many of the deals that are merchant, I meaning do not have contracts or have short-term contracts, uh, it will be harder to try to justify creating a capital appreciation after 10 years, given the fact that the actual asset value might be declining as the, as the days pass on. Um, with regards to the manufacturing, we're actually going to be only a 35% owner, and the strategic buyer will be the actual partner. They will have the first right of offer. Um, it has to be at market arms uh, length terms, but that allows us to first basically create a, a, a bench price and that we could go then and market the asset around. Or if we think we're getting a fair uh, offer from our existing partner, we could exit directly to them. So, so those are, I would say, the two um, strategies that we would expect to implement for the exit. Um, we also uh, expect the fund to be a 13-year fund that will give us um, basically three years um, or, or two years if we assume that you're asking about the timing. We expect to have the uh, fund open through the end of this year. So the idea is that you would have a, a year of, of fundraising, uh, nine years of investing, and then uh, another two to three years to actually exit um, those investments. Got it. That makes sense. Um, and sorry, did you did you mention how much capital you're looking to raise? Oh, sorry, Jimmy. Our our initial target is twenty million dollars, and we have a hard cap at fifty million. 
And this is a balance of trying to show the investors the comfort that we have sufficient assets under both LOI and our pipeline to be able to deploy that capital. Got it. Okay. Very good. So a little bit of flexibility in terms of how much capital you're looking to raise. I suppose if, if you're only able to raise $20 million, that, that limits you a little bit, but maybe you'd raise up to $50 million and would allow you to deploy more capital into more projects like the ones that we've been discussing here. Uh, we're getting toward the end of our show today, Jose, uh, but I uh, wanted to ask you a question about Puerto Rico-specific issues. Uh, what are some Puerto Rico-specific issues regarding taxation of OZ funds and investing in Puerto Rico in general, whether you are a mainland investor or if you're a resident of the island, what are the different considerations that you need to have? Um, Jimmy, probably the, the first one that people need to be aware is that Puerto Rico is a separate tax jurisdiction from the U.S., which means that if you think about it, um, if you're doing business in Puerto Rico and you're generating Puerto Rico source income, you would have to file taxes in Puerto Rico. Okay, um, so that's the first difference. The second was that Puerto Rico, um, if you were a Puerto Rican investor, you couldn't take advantage of the opportunities on law because you're not paying you know, federal taxes. Uh, Puerto Rico did go ahead and pass its own opportunities on law um, back in May of 2019. But those regulations for that law only came out in October of 2020. So that's another reason why you haven't seen any, one of the many reasons why you haven't seen um, more uh, opportunities on funds and why you will probably start seeing some now that the regulations have passed. But that, that law basically did three things. The, the most important one from my perspective is it created the ability to, to have the U.S. investor being able to take the, the capital gains treatment at the end of the 10 years. So it basically makes sure that the federal law works in Puerto Rico. So that's without that, there, was, there would be no opportunity to uh, investing in Puerto Rico. Uh, the second one is it allowed to have Puerto Rican investors to benefit from the mirror image uh, of the federal opportunity zone law in Puerto Rico. So all the same benefits that a U.S. investor can have with the federal uh, taxation, a Puerto Rican investor can achieve that with the Puerto Rico taxation system. The only requirement is that it can only be a qualified opportunity fund that invests only in Puerto Rico. So that's also another reason, Jimmy, that we decided to focus our investment, at least on this first fund, only to Puerto Rico. We want to give Puerto Rican investors the opportunity to come into the fund and get the local version of the uh, tax incentives for opportunity fund. The third aspect that they added to the law, which kind of complicates things, is they added that, first of all, a Puerto Rico opportunity fund that is in Puerto Rico can get certain tax benefits. We're not doing that since we're going to be a Delaware um, a partnership. But those tax incentives also will flow to what they call priority projects. Priority projects can get um, approved by the government and get tax incentives that are no, not available under the regular Act 60 tax incentives. So those are the three uh, main um, points or that, that the Puerto Rico Opportunity Zone law um, created. 
perfect. Okay, got it. That makes that makes perfect sense. Thank you for explaining that. Uh, well, Jose, I think our our time is winding down here. Want to thank you for joining me on the podcast today and telling my listeners and me a little bit more about Puerto Rico. We've covered Puerto Rico on a handful of other episodes um, over the course of this podcast series. I think you know one of the reasons for that is because uh, there is a lot of excitement about Opportunity Zone investing in Puerto Rico for a couple of reasons. One is the fact that we pointed out earlier is that, you know, while all of the other states uh, and territories were limited to identifying only 25% of their low-income census tracts as opportunity zones, Puerto Rico was granted an exception to that rule. And as a result, nearly the entire island of Puerto Rico lies in an opportunity zone. So there's lots of opportunity for opportunity zone investing on the island. And the second reason is because of the damage that's been done to the island over the past few years by the different natural disasters that we've spoken about at the top of this episode, there's a real great need for this type of investment to flow into the island. So anyways, I want to thank you for joining me today, Jose. But before we go, can you tell our listeners where they can go to learn more about you and the Puerto Rico Opportunity Zone Fund? Yes, Jimmy. The, the easiest way is to go into our website, www.proz.fund. Um, there you can find also my contact information, or you can also email info at monjorcapital.com. That's info at M-O-N-L-L-O-R-C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Perfect. Thank you for that, Jose. And for our listeners out there today, as always, I will have show notes on the Opportunity Zones database website for today's episode. You can find those show notes at opportunitydb.com slash podcast. And I'll be sure to link to proz.fund and have that email address info at moanyourcapital.com as well. And you'll also find links to all the other resources that Jose and I discussed on today's show. Jose, again, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. That's it for our show today. A huge thank you to you, our listener. If you liked this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. The Opportunity Zones podcast is produced by the Opportunity Database. Visit OpportunityDB.com to learn more about Opportunity Zones and Opportunity Zone Fund investing. You can learn how to subscribe to this podcast and read more about today's guest in the show notes by visiting opportunitydb.com slash podcast. And we'll be back soon with another episode.